Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest your Good morning, Edwin. Morning, Andrew. I'm excited about Psalm 36 this week. How about you? I am. Let's get into it. I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version. The heading says, To the choir master of David, the servant of the Lord. Transgression speaks to the wicked deep in his heart. There is no fear of God before his eyes, for he flatters himself in his own eyes that his iniquity cannot be found out and hated. The words of his mouth are trouble and deceit. He has ceased to act wisely and do good. He plots trouble while on his bed. He sets himself in a way that is not good. He does not reject evil. Your steadfast love, O Lord, extends to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mountains of God. Your judgments are like the great deep. Man and beast, you save, O Lord. How precious is your steadfast love, O God. The children of mankind take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light do we see light. Oh, continue your steadfast love to those who know you and your righteousness to the upright of heart. Let not the foot of arrogance come upon me, nor the hand of the wicked drive me away. There the evildoers lie fallen. They are thrust down, unable to rise. Wow, what a contemplation of both God but first, the wicked. As I read this psalm, I, I could just, uh, I guess, imagine David imagining what goes on in the minds, what goes in the hearts of these wicked folks mm. and these enemies of God's people. And I have to tell you, though I am certainly no poet or inspired poet, Amen. I have considered from time to time, what in the world are these people thinking this is awful. How'd you even come up with something so awful? Mm. Uh, re real life example of that. A few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to go to St. Augustine uh, in Florida. If you ever get a chance to go there and catch some really early American history, you ought to do it. Here's the point of the story. We're walking around and there's all these different tourist attractions. One of them was a museum of medieval torture. Oh, now, yikes. I did not go inside. The poster for what was in there was enough to say, you know, there's some things I just don't have to see. Mm. But it did make me think for just a moment how men in, in wickedness and a desire to be violent and frankly mean mm. do have the ability to dream up just awful things. Uh, and there's even museums about some of those awful things. What's happened here, I think, is we're going back again to Psalm 1, and we've got the contrast of the blessed and the wicked. And I think you're hitting on something as you bring up this, this question about why. Why would the wicked behave the way they do? And yeah. I think here in Psalm 36, we're given a little bit of an answer to that. And it has to do with who the wicked listen to. Okay. So back in Psalm 1, we have this great contrast between the blessed and the wicked and the ways on which the blessed walk and the way on which the wicked walk. Mm -hmm. we, we come back, I believe, here in Psalm 36 to a similar contrast, but it's looking at it from a different angle. Whereas in Psalm 1, it's the contrast of the people making the choices, and it's the contrast of the ways on which they walk. 
Here we have the contrast of the two counselors to whom they might listen. Okay. And so it's kind of like in Psalm 1, we find ourselves at a fork in the road. Mm -hmm. And here are these two people that are deciding which direction am I going to walk. And now in Psalm 36, we realize that at that fork in the road, there's also two guides. There's two counselors. There's one that's saying, walk this way. It's the Lord's way. Mm -hmm. His way is mm -hmm. a way of love and of faithfulness and righteousness and, and refuge and deliverance. And then there's another counselor that's saying, hey, you look, I know that's a fine way, but I've got a more fun way. <laughs> and you'll have pleasures. And mm -hmm. I mean, I get it. We all know this way is a little bit questionable, but nobody will know. Mm. Nobody will see you. It'll be okay. And just, just walk this way for a little while. And look, look, after you've had your fun, you can get on that other way. Yeah. After you've sown your wild oats, you can, you can go ahead and walk over on that other path. And so now we have this contrast of these two counselors. So in Psalm one, uh, the, the picture of the, um, well, I was going to use the word counselor again, guide, I guess, uh, you certainly have people, you know, that there are the scoffers and there are the wicked, listen to them, walk with them, sit with them. Uh, here, at least in the New King James in Psalm 36, the way it begins, it talks about an oracle within the heart mm. uh, or an oracle within my heart, I think the NIV says. And so David is contemplating, and, and I guess it makes me contemplate, or the psalmist is contemplating, these uh, these voices that we're listening to, you know, where they come from? Is this is this temptation speaking in my ear? Is this my own flesh, you know, encouraging me against the way of the Spirit? Um, and then to think about God and His goodness and His love. Well, how am I going to hear that? And how can I turn up that volume so that I hear God more and I want to follow God more? You know, over and against these persistent inclinations to transgression in the way of the wicked. The question of where the voice for the wicked counselor comes from is a very interesting one. The word here about oracle is is oddly constructed. Apparently some of the grammar here, and there's a little bit of difficulty. Again, I don't know Hebrew hardly at all, so there's no way I'm going to be able to walk through all the ins and outs. But pretty consistently what I studied from folks who have talked about this, this word would recognize that it's almost like this word is just set up, an oracle. Mm. And then we have the psalm. Uh, okay. However, the word for oracle is apparently also tied to tr the transgression. And so it's almost like what's happening is transgression is uh -huh. personified. Sin uh -huh. is personified as the giver and purveyor of an oracle, which in scripture is an interesting twist because where do the oracles normally come from? Yeah, I think of the oracles of God. Yeah. Yet yeah. here what we have is the oracle of sin, the oracle of mm. transgression. And there is some question about, is it my heart or is it the heart of the wicked? But at the end, it still gets to the same point that there is this oracle, sin, transgression, personified, is trying to get us to turn away. It's it's kind of like what Paul does in Romans mm -hmm. chapter 7 when he personifies sin. He personifies sin and talks about how sin takes advantage of the law and, and through mm -hmm. the law it deceives us and it destroys us. And that's what we find here. Transgression personified is counseling us. Now, how does that happen practically? 
I, I think the way you described it a moment ago is just that idea of the voice of temptation. Often, sadly, as far as how it's playing out in my own mind, it's my own voice. Right. It's the argument inside my head that's making all the case for why it's okay to go ahead and sin this time. And the rationalizations, the justifications we make to to try to get away with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's fascinating here. Uh, verse four he devises wickedness on his bed. He sets himself in a way that is not good. He does not abhor evil. When I read that in my mind, I sum it up with the word premeditation. And I, I guess the way this conversation is working is, is a lot about self-talk and whether or not this is very good or healthy self-talk. But boy, to devise wicked on your bed, you know, it's it's... It's where my dreams are going and my daydreaming and my planning uh, to very dark places. It's, it's, it's frightening. Think about it again in the context of Psalm 1. Remember the progression in Psalm 1 where you go from walking in the counsel of the wicked to mm-hmm. standing in the way of sinners to sitting in the seat of scoffers. And now we've added another one. Now I'm lying in the bed of the plotters. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're talking about, there's just this progression and I want to talk more about progression of sin uh, in another conversation, but we're, that's what we're seeing here. We're seeing this, just this settling down. Yeah. I I like what you said about how it's the self-talk again. It's a poem. Sure. It's this presentation. Hey, Hey, Probably the modern presentation of this poem are the shoulder angel and the shoulder devil. Yes, I know what you're talking about there. <laughs> You've got the angel on one side that's saying, do right, do right, and the little devil on the other side, don't listen to him, don't listen to him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have, have you ever noticed how when the cartoons do that sort of thing, the angel and the devil on the shoulder look just like the person who's thinking and trying to make mm-hmm. a decision? Mm-hmm. Because right. it is that idea of self-talk. Yeah. Yeah. Who am I going to allow to govern my self-talk? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be God or is it going to be transgression and sin? Mm-hmm. Who am I going to give that counsel and that guide role to? That That's the question of this psalm. Back yeah. in, in Psalm 1, the question was, which direction am I going to walk? In Psalm 36, the question is, who am I going to listen to? Am I going to listen to other wicked people? Mm-hmm. Am I going to listen to sin and temptation? Or am I going to listen to the Lord God? And as the psalm unfolds, uh, we see the choice presented so clearly. But again, we see the consequences. For there's many good reasons to listen to God made in the psalm. And then there's warnings about the eventual end of the wicked. But I really appreciate what you're saying there about this is the choice that's going to be made. Who are we going to listen to? And it's not a one-time choice. It's a daily choice. It's a daily choice. It's an over and over again choice, over and over yeah. again choice. One of the fascinating things about this psalm is the the struggle that some of the, what we might call the form critical students, the, the guys who are trying to figure out the form. And it's good to, I think it's good for us to walk through if we can figure out a genre, but we got to remember that these labels of genres we give it today are ones that modern students have made up. The Psalms right. doesn't come with a manual that says, all right, here are the kinds of Psalms. Now look for these kinds. And then here are the elements of each of these kinds. This one it seems to have some wisdom. It seems to have some hymnody. It seems to have some lament. And so they struggle. I think what unifies this psalm is not the genre, but is rather the structure. Mm-hmm. We start with this declaration about here's here's the counsel of the wicked. 
Right. And we move to here is the steadfast love and faithfulness of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so then we move into a prayer that is requesting the steadfast love of the Lord and and praising and hymning the steadfast love of the Lord. And then we move down to a prayer about protection from that counsel of the wicked, because we know where the way of the wicked ends up. Mm-hmm. And here's where it ends up. The evildoers lie fallen. They are thrust down unable to rise. Mm. Of course, we understand that those who listen to God, according to the Proverbs, though they fall down seven times, he lifts them back up. There's the contrast. Beautiful contrast. We're so glad that you're with us today as we have begun our discussion on Psalm 36. We'd love to know what you're learning from the Word of God. Send us an email, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. Thanks for sharing this podcast with your friends. Thanks for all the high ratings. Let's have a word of prayer. Our great God and Father, we thank you, Lord, so much for the day. We thank you that we've been able to look at this Psalm 36 and for the incredible wisdom and insight we gain, realizing, Father, that there's a lot of voices pulling us away from your way and your truth. But, Father, may the volume of your love drown them all out today as we see you more clearly in this psalm. We want to walk in your way and for your glory. Please bless us to that end. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.